We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome to the Uncontested Podcast Post Game Edition. I am your host tonight, Jacob, aka the Thunder Mob, and I am joined by my buddy Taylor. I'm back, but I apologize if I cough once or twice throughout this uh, throughout this podcast. Oh, it's all right. It's, we'll, we'll forgive you, dude. Like the <laughs> Oklahoma weather is like screwing me up. Like yeah. Saturday here for those of you who don't live in Oklahoma City, Saturday here in OKC was windy. But it was like 67, 68. It was beautiful outside. All like just no clouds, all sun. So I went out and went for like a five or six mile bike ride, you know, enjoyed the weather. And then Sunday, it's like 40 and raining. And since then, my like sinuses are like all messed up. It's awful. It is awful. It really is. And I like, I jinx myself too. I was like, I kind of started to get the sniffles, I guess you would call it, you know, started sneezing and coughing a little bit Wednesday night. And I was just thinking to myself, like, man, I made it this far, haven't gotten sick at all during the fall, have, didn't get sick at all during the winter, and I literally caught this virus that put me down for, like, four straight days, like, Thursday through to the, basically yesterday. Dude, so, the yeah. flu is getting bad Jinx right myself. now in Oklahoma, too. Like, I saw that. There's tons crazy. of people with the flu. It's crazy. It, it ain't good. Anyways, let's not talk about being sick. Let's talk about the Thunder, who just pulled off a win in Utah to finish the season series sweep against the Jazz. 4-0. 4-0 against Utah after losing in the playoffs to them last year, uh, 4-2. The Thunder beat the Jazz 98-89 to in Utah. Uh, let's just jump right into this, Taylor. So I have some themes I want to talk about from this game. Uh, so, some things that I think kind of define what happened in this game. And my two at the top, uh, I struggled with which one I wanted to talk about first, which one I thought was more important. 
but we're going to go with the defense because I thought the Thunder defense tonight was reminiscent of November, December Thunder. Just incredibly active, uh, wild, causing turnovers. They Thunder actually lost the turnover battle 16-14. to 14. Uh, the difference is the Thunder scored 23 points off turnovers, whereas the Jazz only got 10. I thought the defense is hands down the reason why the Thunder won the game tonight. I agree completely. And I even made the joke in our Slack that uh, it was very much reminiscent of the November Thunder team as a whole because while we played incredible defense, we still only shot 7-22 from outside. Uh, the three-point yep. line. Hey, so it was 20, pretty much a twenty-two. We'll we'll get to this, but twenty-two threes is a drastic change from what's happened the past few games. That's so true. They did. They definitely cracked down on that. I think we saw that with Russ and Schroeder particularly uh, leading the charge there and driving to the hole. But back on defense, I'm with you. We we also had forty-two defensive rebounds compared to the Jazz of thirty-seven. I thought Steven, We'll get into that probably as well. But I think Steven had a, a much better game compared to his past couple games. Noel continued to play well. And I think overall, yeah, it was just it was really solid defensive effort. Held the Jazz to 36.4% shooting overall, which is huge. Now, I know they didn't have Rubio. I think you have to take that into consideration. But yeah. still, you know, their leading score obviously was Donovan Mitchell with 25, but he still only shot 8 of 22. Yeah, it took him 22 so thought, shots to get to 25 points. And that was... Oh, that's <laughs> random. Sorry. My bad. You're giving some spoilers away for a new intro, Jacob. <laughs> um... But Spoiler yeah, alert. <laughs> uh, Donovan Mitchell, it takes him 22 shots to get 25 points. Um, he saw Ferguson a lot in the first half. He saw Russell Westbrook a bit. And I, so I don't have like stats in front of me to see like how many possessions he was guarded by who. But Schroeder guarded him for a long stretch there in the fourth quarter, uh, really down, uh, down in crunch time. And I thought did a really good job. I agree. He really did. He he played really well on both sides to the point that when he was closing at the end of the game, uh, Kamiar and Nick both mentioned something about an injury for Ferguson, and me and you both were in agreement. I think maybe Justin was too. That no, it's just because Shooter was playing so well. Like, you know, Billy just wanted to close with Shooter because he's playing so well on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, he does we'll have concussion like symptoms. But, yeah. 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 But but yeah. So Donovan Mitchell, eight of twenty-two. Um, who am I looking for here? Rudy Gobert, five of eight, only fifteen points and twelve rebounds. You know that's a good night. That's you know five, five of eight is good. Uh, Joe Ingles, two of nine for five points, one of PG. seven from three, zero zero from the free throw line. He did have eight assists. Um, Derek Favors, two of five. Jay Crowder, five of fifteen. Uh, Cephalosha, one of three. Dante Exum, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I guess this was his first game back in quite some time. Dante yep. Exum, zero of five. Kyle Korver, one of five. Uh, the Thunder really locked in. You know, they held the Jazz to 30% from the three-point line, and the Jazz took 43 threes. Over, no, right at half wow. their attempts. Okay, They took 88 field goals. 43 of them were threes. That means half of their shots came from the three-point line. To me, that says that the Thunder shut down the inside really well, forced the Jazz to shoot from the outside, and the Thunder recovered to shooters and I thought did a, a magnificent job. I agree completely. And I think, you know, you look at this and <clears throat> sorry, we went over this a little bit a little bit ago and I don't have it in front of me. You may have this as another separate bullet point, but hopefully this will just kind of lead into it if it is. But you know, fouls have obviously That been was a my big second thing. bullet point, so good segue, buddy. <laughs> and you God and damn, Justin you're a good podcaster, both really Taylor. 
I see what Do you I? did there. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. High quality podcasting. If you know anyone <laughs> that wants to sponsor this high quality podcast, uh shout out shout out to us. Okay. Now continue with your with your fouls. So the Thunder only fouled twenty one times tonight compared to Utah's twenty five, which you know what, forty six fouls total isn't a whole lot. Uh, particularly when you take into 46 fouls is how many fouls the Thunder alone had in Los in Angeles exactly. Friday night. Exactly. So maybe maybe this whole uh, complaint thing by PG was worth it. Yeah. I don't know. 25K but regardless, I think that's that's obviously a big part of the defense. I think it really ties into the defense like we were talking about. They play without fouling tonight, which is huge, and it's something that you know post-game, uh, after the Clippers game, Billy really kind of preached on that and how you really need to – Eliminate those useless fouls, those off-ball fouls, um, as much as you can. I think the Thunder really did that tonight, and I think Definitely. you saw that on the defensive end. It, it really translated. They only gave up six free throws in the first half. Uh, wow. The Jazz end up taking 17 total. That means 11 in the second half. But I think I can say pretty pretty confidently that at least four of those uh, of those 11 free throws in the second half came on what was a uh, pretty intentional fouls by the thunder on Rudy Gobert uh, to, to send him to the line because he yep. got, he got free underneath. So, and kind of talking about Rudy Gobert, going back to the defense, um, Russ was really locked in defensively tonight, really locked in defensively. Um, that play where he like poked the ball away, like stripped Gobert, Gobert got the ball back, tried to go back up and Russ like blocked it at its peak and and it forced a turnover that led to a, a Dennis Schroeder and one. Yeah, like twice just in a row. <laughs> massive, you know? So I felt like he was really dialed in. Um, so that was really I nice to, to see. Be, I hate to be the guy on our podcast that always quotes other people's podcasts. <laughs> but um, I really love what Mikey Barris said today on Monday's Down to Dunk. And he said, you can always tell the kind of game that Russ is going to have. Or you typically, I should, I should say typically, can tell the kind of game that Russ is going to have based off his first couple possessions, his first two, three, four possessions. And I think he primarily might have been talking about the offensive side, you know, the kind of shots that he's taking, whether he defers or is forcing shots. But I think that's true on the defensive end as well. And even though um, Rick, I almost said Gobert, even though Rubio was out tonight, who was kind of, you know, Russ's one of Russ's nemesis yeah. per se. Um, he still was Seems very like locked Russ in. Russ is game. developing a lot of nem- nemesis in, 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 Utah. in Utah. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting to the point it's getting a little ugly, and I'm a little worried if we play them in the first round because, like, somebody might actually die. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, no, I'm, no, I was about to go there. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. But regardless, I, I, I felt that Russ was, rock, was locked in from the beginning. Kind of like Mikey said, you could tell from the beginning he was locked in, engaged, and he really wanted this one. And I think that's important because, you know, with Houston having their recent surge, I believe, I think I saw, was it last night they like had won eight of their last ten? Yeah, and then they won against nine, nine. so that makes it nine in a row. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, so, so there's they're a game ahead still on the third seed after us winning this one. But just kind of to put in per, uh, perspective, the third through eighth seed of the Western Conference right now. So the Jazz were in fifth. I believe I'm right there uh, before tonight's game. Sixth, they dropped all the way. Or they were they were okay. Sorry, they were in sixth. Regardless, they dropped to eighth. You know, tied for eighth seed yeah. in the West after tonight's game, which just shows you how crazy. Uh, the Western Conference is and how cluster, important man. is in this game. Yeah, it's just a cluster. And I had tweeted on on my account and on the podcast's account, uh, the Thunder going into tonight had a two-and-a-half game lead on Utah. 
beating Utah tonight gave them a three and a half game lead and the tiebreaker, which is essentially makes it a four and a half game lead with about 15 games left. That's so another really, really good point. It, it feels like um, the win tonight kind of, uh, I, I'm not going to say 100%, but put it in the very high percentile that, that the Thunder end with a top five seed in the West. And then on that note, the fifth seed is the Portland Trailblazers. Yep. Uh, after tonight's game, we're currently only a half game up above them. But like you said, we also have the tiebreaker against them as well, which basically puts us a game and a half above them. So basically, you know, we're pretty firmly cemented in that fourth seed right now. Um, it, I guess, pending another like Spurs crazy run or a Clippers crazy run or you know the Jazz getting hot again. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good point there. Yep. And particularly with the Trailblazers right behind us. So speaking of the defense, and we kind of started touching on some of the offensive numbers, I want to transition to my next theme, which is the Schroeder and Adams bounce back game. Um, start. I want to start by talking about them on the defensive end. I thought they were both really, really good. I thought Adams patrolled the paint. I thought he defended Gobert well. Uh, I thought he defended the pick and roll even better. Uh, he was just very solid, very active in the in the pick and roll on the backside of that defense, hedging, recovering. Um, we talked about this early on in the season, but when Adams is like fully engaged defensively uh, and he's healthy and he's right and he's like in his groove, he, I think better than any other big in the league, gets his hands down very low on the pick and roll. That way, whenever the guard tries to bounce past to the roll man, Adam's hands are low and able to, deflections. yeah, to to get deflections and get steals. And to the did, point, it looks like kicked balls. He's actually gotten kicked balls, ki- kicked balls. Uh, well, he had, yeah, he's he's got his season. balls kicked too. He's got his balls. Times. Yeah, oh, he he's definitely gotten kicked in the kiwis once or twice or ten times. The old kiwis. <laughs> but um, but yes, yeah, I mean, you know, refs sometimes misinterpret it because they're like, "There's no way his hands down that low." He had to kick the basketball when no, he just he gets his hands really low, you know. So. So really good for him. Um, and then I thought offensively, Adams had a really solid night. Six of 10, 12 points, uh, seven rebounds, three of them on the offensive end, two steals, two blocks. Uh, second highest uh, plus minus on the team at a plus 14 in 33 minutes. So one before you move on to Schroeder, because I know we're going to want to talk a lot about Schroeder as well, who had a, a fantastic game, particularly in PG's absence tonight. Uh, offensively anyways one thing about steven i think is really important like he obviously he has not been well at all uh this post all-star break and it's been a little concerning and i struggled early on to kind of like I, I tried watching him uh and and see if it was you know mental physical if he was banged up early on or i, I would say even up until the past couple of games i thought it was physical then maybe he was still banged up and needed more time than the, the all-star week to kind of recoup and recover um, but watching him the past couple games, I kind of felt it was mental. And one thing I noticed is, I, and this is off the top of my head, and this is bad podcast. I mean, since it's a post-game podcast, we're trying to get it out there. I'm not going to double-check this. And correct me if I'm wrong if you remember this, Jacob, but I think last game he only had like five shots, five touches. I, or I not, believe not that's touches, right. Against, five the, shots. against the Clippers had like five shots. Well, he had double that tonight, and he was better on both ends. So I think that just shows the significance of getting Steven involved. And now when he's playing with guys, obviously like Russ and PG – and granted, you're trying to get PG going. And then you're closing a lineup with Russ uh, Schroeder, who's been playing great and needs touches, uh, along with Paul George. And you have guys like Jeremy Grant. You know, like obviously it's going to be hard to get him those touches. But I think getting him involved early on, 
uh, with the basketball, kind of like we saw last season. It seemed like every single – we basically knew the first play was going to happen, right? It was going to be a pick and roll, um, Steven slashing to the basket, going up for the alley-oop, rust to Steven for the alley-oop dunk to start yep. the game. Sometimes yep. it worked. Most of the time it worked. It didn't always work. That was to try to get him involved. And I think if you're getting him you know, 10 field goals a game, that's at least, that's going to get him involved and keep him engaged on both ends. And I think we saw that tonight, particularly against a, uh, a an elite big like Rudy Gobert. For sure. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, okay, so let's shift over because we, we said the breakout game of two guys, the other being Dennis Schroeder. Uh, we've all been kind of low on him because he hasn't played great since the All-Star break. Shooting numbers are bad, just just hasn't looked good. Uh, comes out tonight, completely balls out, plays 30 minutes, uh, 10 of 18 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, which is 40%. You'll take that all the time. 2 of 3 from the free throw line uh, for 24 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. He uh, he got what he wanted, especially you, you could tell it was going to be a good night for Schroeder when he came in and early he was running that that pick and roll. Uh, he'd come off the screen, probe a little bit. Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert would sag back and and defend the rim. And so Schroeder would just take that little 15-foot pull-up J. And he splashed like two or three of them. And then you knew that he had a rhythm and he'd be good to go. Look, all I'm going to say is my guy, Dennis. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at ds17 underscore fg. Posted a... Picture last night of him, just like a, a him on the court warming up uh, with the caption, I'm too blessed to not be confident in my shot. Shouting emoji, shouting emoji, shouting emoji. Keep shooting your shots, exclamation point. And our guy Al Horford replied and said, yes, you are. Great shooter. Shooter, shoot. And he shot tonight, didn't he? He, he had it going, man. <laughs> he had – All mean, about that into post. He has <laughs> such – an awesome ability. He's got such a quick first step just to get to the rim and then his ability to finish under big guys and like lay it up off the glass is, is just elite. And so offensively, you know, he had a huge night. He actually led the team in scoring tonight, 24 points. Um, that's surprising uh, because you typically don't see guys other than Westbrook or George leading this team in scoring. Um, but he led the team in scoring tonight, 24 points. I thought his defense was really, really good. He defended Donovan Mitchell down the stretch of the fourth quarter, and I thought he did a magnificent job. He he fought over screens. Uh, he hustled. He tried to keep his man in front of him. He used his body well. Um, I was really impressed. It was one of the best games I think we've seen from Schroeder in a long, long time. I agree, and I, I know I mentioned this earlier in the pod, but it seriously was uh, to the point that I thought that Schroeder, me and you – both thought that Shooter was closing just because he was playing so well, yeah, and not because uh, Ferguson actually had a concussion protocol, you know, yeah. like uh, exactly, <clears throat> exactly. So speaking of that, uh, that can just lead us right into the next theme, which is injuries. Uh, let's start with Paul George. Okay, I've been very vocal on Twitter. There's this uh, I'm going to quote unquote um, report by a single guy that Paul George has a torn rotator cuff. Hey, man, they call him B-Scoop. He's got the scoop, Jacob. Um, (laughs) You know, Russ, uh, not Russ, PG had missed time with uh, what the the team, what TNT reported uh, that the team told them was a strained rotator cuff. Uh, First off, a strain uh, means a very, very slight tear. Okay, that's just, that's what the word strain means. 
Um, whenever you strain something, it's like you've injured it, you've pulled it a little bit. Uh, those fibers in there tear a little bit. It's not like a legitimate tear. Okay. Also, also correct me if I'm wrong, Jacob, but like you actually really know this stuff because you really messed up your shoulder here. Um, yeah, exactly. A couple years right? back, right? And, and so, like, <laughs> I know what a shoulder tear is, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I don't think yeah. he's he's not playing basketball on like a full torn rotator cuff. I promise you that. But like, even when when you're you've got like a, a bad pain in your back, and like you go to like a doctor or a chiropractor, <laughs> and they say like, oh, you have like a, a minor back strain. Right. What that is, is if they MRI your back and you looked at like the muscle tissue, there are going to be some tears in those fibers. That's just how it is. Like when you go work out and you like do bench yeah, press and, and your chest is sore, you've you literally, get tears. you get micro tears in your chest and then your body grows and like fills those tears. That's what makes your muscles get bigger. So I think people kind of just throw around the word tear. Right. And, and we have this connotation with it regardless uh, I wonder if Paul George, that affected him. His shoulder was a little sore. It was weird because, like, the way he played, you would say, maybe that shoulder's hurting him because he doesn't look right uh, offensively. He only, well, defensively. he only threw up eight shots, which is very concerning to me. Yeah, you know, eight, eight shots, shots but, but 12, 12 free throw attempts, which equates to another six Fair. shots, you know. Very, but still, four, 14 is a low number for him. Um, he did have four assists. Probably should have had a lot more because he was passing out of double teams all night. Um, I think the encouraging thing for me with, with Paul and his shoulder is, number one, he did not have kinetic tape on tonight, which he has yep. since he came back. Uh, number two, it did not affect his defense at all. Right? That's a really good point. I think, you those, look at, I think those, uh, those two things are huge. You look at Ingles' stats, like we mentioned earlier, he was two of nine. He got locked you know, that's up. Who, that's he got who he pretty up. much was guarding. And then yeah. he, he got switched on to, to Mitchell a couple times. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think his defense was... was and, and some of his help defense, I thought, was, was elite. Um, yep. Other people on the on the injury note, we've already kind of mentioned, uh, apparently Ferguson was taken to the locker room in the fourth quarter because of, what did the team call it? Concussion-like symptoms. They didn't say a concussion. They said concussion-like symptoms. So we'll probably get an update tomorrow on if he is in the concussion protocol if he is, I would not expect him to play um, probably the back-to-back coming up. Uh, he probably won't play again till Saturday against the Warriors. And then the last one, which is a little concerning to me. That's concerning. Is, is the Markeith yes. Morris. Uh, only played eight minutes. Did not play in the second half tonight. Uh, actually, Patterson got some minutes because of what the team said, neck soreness. Now, for anybody else, neck soreness, I would say, okay, like, let him have the rest of the night off. But for Markeith Morris, the whole reason he missed so much time was sidelined from before Christmas through the trade deadline with Washington was because of a neck issue. And so if that is re-aggravated, um, that's a little worrisome. Very. Um, I think that concerns me a lot, particularly because I think Keith has really kind of started to find his fit and also kind of find his groove again. Um just from a basketball standpoint, because you know, I think you and Justin mentioned this um, on your guys' last joint postgame pod, but you know he hasn't played. Not only did he get traded into a new team, but he hadn't played for two months. So the fact that it's a, the same nagging injury um, and he's been playing so well and is really kind of starting to find his fit, I think it's just really concerning. And the other thing with Ferg is like this is what is this his second or third like concussion? I think this season, which is a little concerning uh, because I played with some guys like 
for example, back, and this is obviously football, but like after a certain number of concussions, they don't actually let you play contact sports anymore. Yeah. So uh, now, granted, these aren't like severe concussions. I'm sure. Um, yeah. And but and and for reference, I think Ferg's concussion was last year. I think the only uh, okay, time good, he's good. missed time this year was the ankle sprain that he suffered in Golden State. State. Okay, gotcha. Well, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think yeah, I think the concussion for I could be wrong because it's a long season, but I think uh, the 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 concussion was last year. The ankle sprain was this year, right after the birth of his daughter. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Hopefully that's all. But yep. um, the key injury, or not injury, but the, the neck soreness is definitely concerning. I'm yep. with you there. And, and, and it'll be interesting to get updates on, on that as well. So so uh, if you have Keith and, and Ferguson out, I mean, this, this next back-to-back is pretty important because I think individually these are two games like – if these games were spaced out, for example, I think these are two teams that are good teams that have been playing really well. But if the Thunder are playing like they are, like tonight, they, uh, they should say, win. And they should win, right? They should win those two games, um, and they'd be quality wins. But they should win those two two games. But back to back, with uh, without another wing, you know, we're already struggling with hey, depth right now. I don't know what you're talking about without another wing. They just signed Deontay Burton Deontay. for three years. <laughs> I would love to see Deontay get some burn. That would be fun. Um, but Ferguson, obviously, a huge part of that. And if he's out, that hurts. And then, obviously, Keith. You yeah, know? Definitely. So. definitely. Um, okay, so let's move on. Uh, I got a couple more things I want to talk about. I guess next we have to address uh, what all of national media. See, we're more interested in the, in the basketball. And that's, that's what's, what we're about. But the national media is not going to be um, interested in the Thunder's 98-89 win over the Utah Jazz. The the national media is going to be interested in the Russell Westbrook altercation in the first quarter uh, with the fan or handful of fans or whatever. Um, apparently, Russell Westbrook made a statement. Uh, looks like Brett Dawson tweeted it out about 26 minutes ago. Should yep. we just uh, just play the statement right here and then talk about it? Oh, yes, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Um, obviously... Everybody's talking about the same video, but the realization of it is, is how it started was a um, young, young man and his wife in the stands told me uh, to get down on my knees like he used to. And for me, that's just completely disrespectful uh, to me. Um, I think it's racial. Um, I think it's just inappropriate in a sense of um, there's no protection for the players. Um, I think there, there are a lot of great fans in, around the world that like to come to the game and enjoy the game. And there are people that come to the game and to say mean, disrespectful things about me, my family. Um, for many years, man, I, I've done all the right things. I've never done anything to hurt or harm anybody. Um, I've never been in any trouble. Uh, never fought a fan. Um, been in the league 11 years. Clean slate. Humble. Uh, I take whatever, all the criticism from everybody. I've been doing the same thing for years. Um, and for me, uh, disrespect would not be taken from me. Um, I can, I'm completely uh, just sit back some time and just take it like th- that's just one video. But throughout the whole game, throughout the whole, since, since I've been here, especially here in Utah, every time I come here, it's a lot of disrespectful things I said. And um, for me, I'm, I'm just not going to continue to take uh, the disrespect uh, from my family. Uh, and I just think that there's got to be something done. There's got to be some consequences for 
those type of people uh, that come to the game just to say and do uh, whatever they want to say. And um, I don't think it's fair uh, to the players, not just to me, but I, I don't think it's fair to the players. Um, and if I had to do it over again, I would say the same exact thing because I, I truly um, will stand up for myself, for my family, for my kids, for my wife, for my mom, for my dad every single time. Um, I expect anybody else to do the same. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with the whole situation. Um, as for <clears throat> beating up um, his wife, I, I've never put my hand on a woman. I never will. Um, never been in any domestic violence uh, before, never have before. But once he said the comment, his wife repeated. Okay, so that's where it cuts off. Yeah, it cuts off, and apparently Brett has another video um, that continues on here. Well, let's listen to the last 18 seconds real quick. Or never had before, but once he said the comment, his wife repeated it the same thing to me as well. So that's kind of how that started. I know you guys only got to tell end of the video, but the start of the video um, is way more important and way more disrespectful than what you guys heard. So appreciate y'all. Thank you, Russell. So, so I got a little more a little more context here. Um, okay. I'm going to go through it quickly so that way we can dive into it. Uh, first and foremost, this was tweeted out, and I'm not sure who tweeted this out. I apologize. But basically, I think it was like a, that Tim whatever from ESPN. He said that the Thunder PR said that Russ would not be taking questions. He'd only be giving a statement, and that's the statement we just heard. Uh, so there was no follow-up from that. Second of all, almost immediately after the game, Patrick Patterson tweeted out something very similar. He said, fans can say shit about a man's family, wife, and kids, tell a player, quote-unquote, get down on your knees like you're used to, like you're used to, which aligns with what Russ said. As men, what do you expect us to do? Shut up and dribble? Question mark. No one is held accountable for their actions except for us. Fans are protected in every po way possible, but not us. And this was like, this is 10.38 p.m. This is literally minutes after the game. And then the other thing I want to bring up is uh, Utah, uh, the, their media was uh, very smart. They actually went to the, one of the, the the fan that Russ was directing all this towards, the husband of the wife, and got his interview. And I'm not going to go through that, but basically he said, man, I was just telling – we were just kind of talking back and forth. At first, Russ was smiling. It was just kind of friendly trash talk. I thought it was kind of cool because Russ is one of the all-time great players. Um, it you know, was just kind of bullshitting. And then he said, you know, I just told him – and then Russ kind of started chirping back. I told Russ, hey, man, you just keep uh, icing your knees. And he said apparently it was heat that he put on his knees to rest and no, I'm heating them, man. I'm heating them. And, uh, and then I guess the guy said something else. And then Russ said something about him and his wife. That was his side of the story. Well, then thunder Twitter, you know, they're d detectives and they go on, they look up this guy's name because the, the interview from the jazz PR or not jazz PR. I shouldn't say that the jazz, um, beat writer who interviewed this guy t gave the guy's name. So of course our fans looked him up on Twitter there's actually a tweet from Mr. Shane Kiesel, K-E-I-S-E-L, um, from last year's playoffs, 428-2018. Quote-unquote, Westbrook is a piece of classless shit. Somebody needs to kick his ass. Hashtag tool. Hashtag poor loser. So apparently this guy isn't afraid to cuss. So that would kind of align with what Russ and Pat are saying. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, man, the Internet's crazy. They've already dug up, dug, dug up, <laughs> dug up um, this guy – uh, they, man, the internet's a crazy place, man. Uh, they found out that this guy used to be highway patrol. So he used to be a cop 
Um, now he's oh <laughs> a used boy. car salesman, uh, <laughs> and his cell phone number is online because he's selling cars and wants people to call him. <laughs> so I'm afraid of what his voicemails are going to look like in oh. the morning. Um, <laughs> so uh, ugly deal. Got yeah yeah got got the, got all that going. So uh, that's that's interesting. <laughs> um, you know I want I want to talk about this a little bit, um, and I know we we are already at 30 minutes. We probably need to move on a bit. Um, I don't know if Taylor and I can talk about this unbiasedly as Thunder fans. Um, That's a fair point. I will say that I've at at my TV and in my in my perch way up in Loud City. Um, I've said some pretty ridiculous shit about basketball games before. Like I just get heated, you know, and I, I say some pretty ridiculous shit. Um, like even at pickup. I don't, I'm not a trash talker, you know, like I'll jokingly talk trash, like with Kamiar, if I play pickup with Kamiar, but I've never been like that. So I can't imagine like going at an NBA player like that. Um, and, and I know you offered some context. Russ has had issues with fans in Utah before, uh, dating back to last year at the playoffs. Um, that there was that viral video on on Twitter, at least around Thunder Twitter, of that Jazz fan that made that video. I can't remember if it was just during the playoffs or during a game this season, um, where he called Russell Westbrook a slave. Do you remember that? Yep. So Which is just yeah, like, it's insane. Like the 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 line of of public evidence that we do have, like, isn't great for this dude, uh, considering like now I don't want to insinuate that like Utah fans are all bad. Um, I mean, we had uh, Jedi and Germs, the the jazz podcast, come on with us last year before the playoffs, and they were awesome dudes. We still yep. follow them. We to still this follow day. them. Yeah, they're great yeah. guys. Um, at Jazz Sixth Man, uh, I followed him for years. He's a solid Another jazz awesome fan. Guy. With a he's with actually a, he he's the one who got us in touch with Jedi and Germs. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, you know, solid solid people. Every fan base, every fan base has dickheads, right? Um, they all do. Some might call me the dickhead of the Thunder fan base. I don't know. <laughs> but um, every fan base has dickheads. and uh, But I'm with Russ. I think, you know, and, and what Patrick said as well is the the professional athletes are, are put under this microscope. Um, and where's the repercussion for the fans? You know, like, oh, they, get, they gave the dude a warning, you know, whereas Russ is going to have to face public criticism of this for a long time um and people are going to say he he should be more responsible he should be held accountable for his actions like the other guy is a grown-ass man you know where's him being accountable for his actions it's like it's like professional athletes are almost like like animals in a cage you know and you can throw shit at them and you can and you can say stuff and point at them and and do whatever um but, but they can't when, do when, whenever they, they whenever they respond, uh, that's whenever it becomes a story, you know. Yep. And so it's it's just a crappy situation all around. I I think I'm I'm exactly with you. And just very very briefly, I'll I'll give a brief devil's advocate and say that uh, just because these NBA players, coaches, etc., are all under this microscope in this day and age, you know, you heard Adam Silver talk about it um, here a while back at that. Boston Conference, I forget the name, when he talked about the, the age of social media and player suppression, anxiety, etc. And then we saw the whole situation last night with um, Steve Kerr saying, I'm tired of Draymond's effing 
shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and then obviously the whole thing with rest tonight, like players and coaches have to be conscious that they are under a microscope. However, at the same time, I'm with Russ and that it's not fair that they aren't allowed to do anything. And then, you know, some some guy out in Utah or wherever, you know, Dallas or fill in the blank is able to go out and or, even you know, OKC, although I don't think OKC fans would do that, are allowed to go out and just say whatever they want to. Um, there definitely needs to be punishment on both sides. You know, you talked about uh, last postgame pod, Jacob, about the referees <laughs> holding them accountable. Like you said, for example, if you were, were teaching poorly, if you were just sitting with your feet up and watching Thunder highlights on your monitor all day hey, don't while judge me, kids right? came in. <laughs> well, I mean, like very blatantly, um, <laughs> we're doing that well, and not teaching your students. You're probably going to get fired. Um, if I go in my job and I'm not getting anything done because I'm, um, you know, doing whatever and not doing work-related things i'm gonna get fired and be held accountable um you know so uh, fans should be held accountable as well and the fact that i think pat tweeted that out very quickly like minutes after the game russ's post-game interview or, or statement i should say matched up with that and then like you said jacob the fact that there's been racial slurs and comments directed at russ uh previously i think you can make that connection and i think russ definitely had every right to be very upset um he probably should have maybe not included the wife into that because that's going to cause a lot of controversy. But like he said, he's been under controversy and um, has had had statements thrown at him his entire career. He's used to it. That's when he thrives. And I think that's why we saw him pull up from the U of Utah's uh, center court and drain a three-pointer to seal the game. <laughs> yep. Um, apparently, sorry, last one, someone else dug up a tweet from this guy. <laughs> Uh, I love this so much. Russell Westbrook needs to go back where he came from. Hashtag MAGA. Oh, oh boy. So that's not, never mind. That wasn't a Thunder fan. <laughs> so. Yikes. Uh, yep. So, okay, well, let's move on. Uh, I'm tired of talking about non-on-the-court uh, related stuff. Uh, real quick, because we're already at 36 minutes. we got to burn through this bad boy. Um, Four-game road trip. Thunder drop an ugly-ass game to Minnesota. Uh, go and beat Portland and Utah lose a close one yet a really ugly game to the clippers and then completely shut down the jazz two and two taylor if you had to uh had to make a make a statement on those four games would you say that's good bad meh like where are you at it's good um i think the frustrating part for me for you for many thunder fans is the fact that they could have they could have won all those games essentially. Yeah. But I think going on a road trip like that, playing against playoff caliber teams, having the toughest schedule remaining, uh, or at least they did at that point. I think they're like second now. But regardless, um, having one of the toughest schedules remaining, we're absolutely going to take two and two. Yep. So I three and I, one would know, have been really nice. I think four right. and zero oh was was a very big stretch. Two and two is fine. And then you take Paul George's, you know, uh, injury uh, being out for the beginning of that, I believe, or just getting back. For the beginning of that, uh, I think that's definitely justified. And I'm just hoping we can build off this win. Um, hopefully, Russ won't be suspended. Hopefully, Ferg will be okay, not have a major concussion. Hopefully, Keefe um, doesn't have, you know, won't have to sit on an extended period, and we can just get back to it on Thursday. Definitely. Um, lastly, looking forward to the rest of the week. Thunder back home, <laughs> back home uh, for a quick stint. They play the Brooklyn Nets uh, here in Oklahoma City on Wednesday. They then turn around Thursday night. They are up in Indiana against the Pacers. And then Saturday, back home, 
primetime against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, three games on the docket for the rest of the week. Taylor, what is your prediction? Ooh. Uh, so if I had to, like b- before tonight's game, um, if you told me that we got the win tonight, but that's all you told me, and everybody was healthy, um, I'd probably say two and one. I think we could go in and go on a three-game win streak and beat uh, this, you know, beat both teams on the back-to-back coming up, and then probably lose to Golden State on Saturday. But I'm a little concerned with those injuries, so I could see one and two. But I would be very, very surprised if the Thunder got swept. So I'm going to go ahead and go with one and two right now, just based off the of kind of the Thunder's recent track record and also the injuries. Um, but I'm if everybody's healthy, I could certainly see two and one. Very good. I'm going two and one as well. Um, surprising. I maybe surprising. I think they win both the home games and lose the game in Indiana. Oh, interesting. I, okay. I, I what? Think- that actually isn't super surprising if you take in consideration the whole Warriors shit show going on right now. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it is awful. I All cannot right. wait for Katie to leave. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's hop out of here. Let's bump some uh, some outro music. Oh, that's kind of loud. Oh, well, you guys know you <laughs> like this beat. Again, Thunder beat the Utah Jazz tonight, 98-89. to They're headed home. Uh, sweep the season series with the Jazz, 4-0. We will be back with you guys again Wednesday night for a post-game podcast before the th- team plays again Thursday. Also, kind of kind of a big announcement. Kind of a big announcement. Saturday morning, we're going to drop a group podcast before the Golden State Warriors game. And it looks like we have lined up uh, everyone's favorite Italian. Uh, no, not Mario. It would be <laughs> Mikey Barra uh, of Chart Sided. He is going to hop on with us and uh, talk some Thunder basketball. We're really, really excited. Also, we have a uh, a new intro that may be dropping on Saturday as well. We're really excited about that as well. Uh, thank you guys for everything. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15. I am at ThunderMob405. You guys take it easy. Have a good couple of days until we talk to you again and thunder up.